Let's begin. Let's begin. Baruch Hashem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's begin life. Um, the uh, power, the power of change, and the power of growth, and the power of of taking one's life seriously, and a person understanding the the gift of life, and how important it is for each and every one of us to to try as best as we can to focus on ourselves and to focus on on our growth as the Yitzhahara wants us to be distracted with, with everything else, with everybody else, especially when you're younger, when you're uh, 18, 19, 20, uh, you're younger, so the Yitzhahara wants you to be, as the Masil Sisharim says, that a person is distracted by other people and by peer pressure and what's, what's considered uh, popular, what's considered important. And sometimes a person doesn't even know himself what's important and his focus is just other people. And he doesn't even have a self as, as one of the tzaddikim, I think Rav, Rav Baruch from Mezber says that the ani is in gullus, that a person is himself, the I is in gullus which means that a person doesn't even know who he is. He's too, uh, he's too distracted by other people, by other things, and by negativity of his father, his mother, his teachers, his culture, his roommates, whatever it might be, whatever, whatever, um, whatever choice of person to excuse your life from being the way you want your life to be, that is the, uh, um, you know, escape of choice, we'll call it. That's the person of choice, right? So how many people can, can uh, say that the reason that they're not being successful and how many people can say the reason that they're not living their life is because of this person, because of this situation? Then what happens is, right, when you're younger, it could be that a person is, is determined as a youngster by his parents by his culture, by certain negativity, whatever it might be. And that, um, Yehuda, stay for a minute because I want to talk about you. Yeah. I mean, go, go do whatever you got to do. But I'm saying, you know, that a person can stay um, part of his culture. What happens is to, to most of you, right, to, to most of us um, at a certain age, what happens is you go from, you go from a certain age, um, and you um, begin with your, your, your culture or whatever was fed to you as a child. Um, and that's who you are. And then, and then it comes a point in your life where you have a decision. And this is the hardest t- time in a person's life is that, that, that distinction where a person says, I'm going to make my own decisions of who I am. And a person could be 40 years old, a person could be 50 years old, and he could be still living in his, the head, and he could be still living in the world of, of other people. He could still be living in, in someone else's life. And what he's doing is he's just himself, you know, adding to the damage, or he's adding to the negativity, or he's adding to whatever it is, or he's cultivating whatever it is that, that, is, that is there. And what does he do? He's pointing his finger and saying, oh yeah, the reason I'm a negative guy and the reason I talk Lashon Hara and the reason I see bad in people is because that's how I grew up and that's the culture and I had a Rebbe like this and I had a teacher like this and I have a boss. Then it becomes your boss. Then it becomes your wife. Then it becomes your in-laws. Then it becomes you know, the government. Then it becomes whatever you're going to do. What you do is you transfer your uh, negativity to other people. That's really what we do. When a person is, uh, is, is going with the flow, as we've said, dead fish go with the flow. When you're a dead fish, when you're not alive and you're just going with the flow, so then that flow will just be whatever it is. You're not able to stop it and you're not able to say, I want to make a change. And that's probably one of the hardest things for a person to do. One of the hardest things for a person to do is for a person to stop 
and to make a change and to say, I don't, it doesn't matter what people think, it doesn't matter what, what my friends think, it doesn't matter now, of course, it's very normal for a person to care what other people think. We're not expecting anyone and, and the goal of life is not to live where you're totally, I mean, maybe that's the goal, it could be that's the ultimate goal is that re- really you only care what Hashem thinks and you only care what, what, the, what the emiss is and the truth and to help other people. You're not so, um, you know, the, the, the percentage of how much you care about other people is much less and less and less. But it's a normal, normal, healthy thing for a person to care what other people think. One of the reasons we learn Hilchus Lashon Hara every day and we have to remind ourselves, we remind ourselves um, over and over that it's not the other person and that it's not, the problem is never who we think the problem is. The problem is, is, uh, is us, is me. The problem is never, um, or the challenge that I have and, and whatever it is I have to, I have to go through is never, is never what we think it is. When you think the problem is out there, right, there's a great quote, when you think the problem is out there, right, that is the problem. Again, Yona, you hear? When you think the problem is the out there, that itself, that very thought, is the problem. Because you think that the problem is outside of me. You think that the problem is something external. When it has nothing to do with something external, it's all within me. And when a person begins to take true ownership of his life, and that's probably one of the hardest things uh, for a person to do. When he takes ownership of his life and he says, I'm going to live the life, a person's born alone and a person dies alone. A person's born alone and a person's buried and he dies alone and, and a person is Vaivasa Yaakov Levado, right? The Medrash says, Mahu, Mahu, just like Akash Baruchu's Levado, just like Hashem is alone, so to Yaakov, a Jew is alone. Every Jew is alone. He's not lonely. You're not lonely. You can have a guy who hangs out with a lot of people. And he's with the boys and he hocks, right? right that, we like that word, you know, right? He hocks with a lot of people, but really he's a lonely, he's a lonely, very, very lonely person, right? It's not about how, many, how much a person can, can talk and have all these friends, but ultimately he's a lonely, lonely person and he has to learn. A person has to learn how to develop himself. And the more a person learns how to develop himself, and a person is able to really, really focus on it himself. And that's really what Lashon Hara is. That's the gift that Hashem tells us, don't speak Lashon Hara. Hashem doesn't tell us not to speak Lashon Hara to, to, uh, to punish us. Hashem doesn't tell us to stop speaking Lashon Hara because He wants to take away our freedom of gossip and our freedom to sit around and to schmooze about stupidity. He doesn't, that's not why Hashem takes away the, uh, that could be also part of the reason why he doesn't want us to speak Lashon Hara because it's a waste of time. But it's much deeper than that. The reason Lashon Hara is so terrible is because it's the destruction of one's self. It's not that I'm destroying him. You think that Lashon Hara is so bad because you're destroying the other person. It's also terrible that you're destroying the other person. But it's even worse because you're destroying yourself. You're, you're totally focused you're taking all your energy, you're taking all of your, your power, you're taking all of your, your insight, you're taking all of your emotion, you're taking all of your gift of who you are, and you're, and you're, and you're wasting it on, on other people. You're wasting it on negativity on other people. Instead of having the power, what do they say? It takes more power to frown than it does to smile. That's the Sahara. It's harder to frown than it is to smile. That's the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara could make something so terrible. He can make you work so hard. He can make you work so hard to keep a person um, from doing wonderful things. Person can, uh, the Yitzhahara t- makes a person do so many negative things. It's so difficult to be, to be uh, someone who doesn't do things, to someone who's, who's down, to someone who's, you know, you got to work at it. You got to work at, at being a person who's a, who's a certain type of person. Um, so with that in mind, just to talk, it's a schus uh, to have uh, 
to have uh, Rabbi Castell here, it's unbelievable to have uh, a person, really, uh, um, to, uh, to really, um, to have you here in the base Medrash. You know, you know, one of the things that, that uh, always stands out about Yehuda, um, and, and this is something that we can all learn so much from, and I guess, Rabbi Castell, you and your mishpacha, that this is what you have uh, have given given over, um, and it's it's so powerful, uh, the power of of uh, of of being you, and the power of being comfortable with with oneself, um, and and to have pride of who you are, to be proud of 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 being a Jew. You know nowadays. Uh, you know, I mean, it's always been like this, but Befrad nowadays, you know, the the anti-Semitism and you know the pride, you know, that's why we love the song, you know, is Geschmack to be a Yid, the uh, the 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 value of Torah, the value of being a Jew, the value of learning Torah, the value of looking like a Jew and dressing like a Jew, which is one of the things that kept that kept us. Um, you know, in in uh, in insanity from Mitzrayim. It's one of the things that that brought us out of Mitzrayim. That distinct that distinguishes us from the other nations is our ability to be proud to be a Jew, to be proud to live as a Jew with good midos, with uh, with s- smelling good, being someone who smells, who has a good fragrance as a Jew. If every Jew with long payas and a long beard and every Jew uh, who looked like a Jew uh, acted so beautifully, acted like the Castell family, right, then uh, we'd, be, we'd be living in a world where Judaism, where Judaism would be something, you know, why do we copy, the reason people copy the, the Goyim and the reason people copy other people is because they want to feel cool. They want to feel, you know, they want to feel like they're great. They want to feel like they're, they're awesome. They want to feel like, oh, you know, LeBron James is like this. So I want to, I want to copy him. Uh, this actor is like this. I want to copy him, right? What happens is, is that people lose their identity. We don't even realize, we don't even know where, I, where our identity comes from. And what happens is our identity, we, we copy from other people to make us, to make us feel good and to make us belong to something. And when you have a family and you have a person watching Yehuda Castell HaChassan, Yehuda Castell, to watch him, and I mean this, you know, to make, to that, that he made, I don't know who made up the name, who made up the name Hudakris? You did or the world did? The Ve'el, the Eilam, the Eilam, right? They made it up, the, the Hudakris. To have someone, to have someone like, like yourself, who, who, who dresses like a Jew, who looks like a Jew, who lives like a Jew, and who's the, uh, the, from the best DJs, right? So, so what's the pshat? What's the pshat? The pshat is, is that, is that Yehuda, Yehuda Castell represents what we're all trying to do, and that is trying to be true to yourself, to be true to oneself. If you could live your life, if a person could live his life, you guys here in the back, this, you hear this, if you live, you, you guys hear all the way in the back. It's important. If you learn, if you can learn, if you can learn, if there's one thing a person does in his lifetime, is that when you, at the end of the, at the end of the day, when a person dies, after 120, he could say that I did one thing. I was true to myself. I was true to myself. So first you want to figure out who myself is. First you got to figure out who myself is. Uh, you could spend a lot of time trying to figure out who you are. But the only way you could figure out who you are is you've got to stop looking at who he is, who somebody else is. As long as a person is focused on who that guy is, if you're focused on your phone, if you're on your phone, if you're on social media, if you are someone, and, 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 I, and I mean this literally from, from uh, you know, it's hard to hear this, but this is the truth. If you are on social media, if you have a connection to social media, then I would question yourself. I would question yourself. I would ask yourself, 
that why am I, why am, I'm not talking about from, from watching uh, terrible things for your eyes. I'm just saying you could be just the fact that you are spending your time thinking about somebody else, spending your time thought with, with that your, your energy is on someone else and it's not on developing yourself. It's not on, it's not on developing yourself. The greatest thing we can do, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter says, a person can live his whole life and never get to know himself. Never get to know himself. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? Imagine having a child. Imagine having a child. Imagine having a son. And your son and you, you never get to know your son. Your son and you are estranged from each other and you don't know each other. You have no connection. Imagine you as the father not getting to know your son. How terrible would you feel that you had a child and you have no connection, zero connection. You don't talk to him. Not he doesn't talk to you. You don't talk to him. You don't know your son. That would be a tragedy for a person to live like that, that he has a child, he has a daughter, has a son and a daughter. He doesn't get to know them. He doesn't know them. One of the greatest things to know about a mother, oh, my mom, a mother knows knows a child. A mother knows a child. A father, hopefully, hopefully a father and a mother, they know the child. Oh, I know my child. My child likes this, right? God willing, when you get, when you get married and you're a parent, you'll get the five love languages for kids. What does that mean? You know, this child needs this. This child, not every child needs the same thing. This child needs more quality time. This child needs a hug. Okay, every child needs, needs all the love languages. But to know your child... To know your child, to study your child, to study your child, and to have a deep connection to your child. Could you imagine? Could you imagine living a life without that? Or the opposite. Imagine living a life like that, where you know your wife, you know your children, you have an amazing relationship. But there's one catch to everything that I'm saying over here. There's one catch to everything I'm saying. I just want to say, just to wrap up with the Castell family, it's obvious, Rabbi Castell, it's obvious that your family is a family that, uh, that knows, your, you know your family, you know your children, um, you're, you're, you're a Kiddush Hashem, what can I say, Rabbi Castell? you're a true, true Kiddush Hashem, a light to the world. Thank you for, for, your, for your holy son, Yehuda, who, who exemplifies and who lives in this yeshiva, who lives in this yeshiva, who's lived in this yeshiva, and Bezaz Hashem will continue. He's a big mashpia. Yehuda's a quiet guy. But Yehuda gets a lot done. Yehuda gets a lot done uh, because he, he lives Yehuda. And uh, thank you. That's all I can say. Thank you so much. Um, what, what I'm saying is really in, in all, all in, in your honor. But as I was saying before, and I, and I want this is very important for all of us to hear. You know, you think of your family. You think of your family, you think of your wife, you think of your children, you think of that relationship that you want to have with your family. And like I said, you got to study the best. Let's start with step number one. The best thing you can do for your children is to have a great relationship with your spouse. That's number one. Then you want to have a great relationship with your children. So you have a great relationship with your children. How do you figure that out? You got to spend time with them. You got to spend time with your wife. You got to spend time with your children. This is with your cell phones. This is with the phones. This is what Amir Tashem is going to be, I'm sure. Right? Whatever it is like we've spoken about. By then, by the time you guys have teenager children, you'll have everyone walking around with virtual reality glasses or with a helmet. However, they're going to do it. Whatever business is going gonna, is gonna to catch. Where everyone's going to be walking around. Well, what was that? Gender dysphoria. What is that? Gender dysphoria. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure they're confused. Correct. We didn't get, we're not getting to genders yet. But yes, you're right, Shalom, 100%. Correct. 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 So, so like this. So what's going to happen? Now, this is the catch that I want everyone to hear. This is what's very, very important. We're talking about a great relationship, right? Let's, ready? Here we go. You're hoping and dreaming for a great relationship with your wife. You're hoping and dreaming for a great relationship with all of your children. But here's the catch, which takes a lot, a lot of work. It takes work 
to have great relationships. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. It takes work. You have to work on it. You can't just read the book of the five love languages and that's it. You got to learn it. You have to understand it. You have to understand. You have to love someone within your heart. You have to work on that. Here's the catch that I want to say. The catch is, is that if you don't have a relationship with yourself, if you don't know who you are, if you're not true to yourself, how could you be true to anybody else? If I don't know myself, if I don't spend time working on myself, if I don't spend time developing myself, if I don't spend time learning to say no, not because I'm saying no, and this is probably one of the most powerful things I remember I heard. It's not about saying no to drugs, no to alcohol, no to the internet, no to social media. That's not what it's about. It's not about saying no to those things. It's about saying yes to me. It's saying yes to my life. People live in the world of, I can't do this and I can't do this. I got to say no to this and I got to say no to that. It's not about saying no to all of those things. It's about living your life. It's about looking in the mirror. And we live in a time. We live in a time. And then I want to hear from all of you. And that's why it's so important to speak the, about Hilchus Lashon Hara and about speaking about other people, thinking about other people. When a person goes ahead and he's able to take a step back and say, I'm investing in myself. Everyone talks about, oh, you got to love your, right? The newest thing is you got to love yourself. You got to love yourself. You got to love yourself. I have a question for you. What does that mean to love yourself? Yeah, you could say words of affirmation to yourself. That's only one of the five love languages. Someone asked me once a few years ago when we were talking about the five love languages, and it works. It works. It works. What about the five love languages on yourself? What does that mean? Do you spend quality time with yourself? Do you take care of yourself? Do you do acts of service to yourself? If you go through everything, what does that mean? What does love mean? Do you discipline yourself? If you don't discipline a child, if you let a child do whatever the child wants to do, that's not love. You're not going to let your child run around across the street on a dangerous thing and wake up whenever he wants to wake up, eat whatever he wants to eat. You discipline oneself. You discipline your child to help your child have boundaries. So if I don't give myself boundaries, that means I don't love myself. Do you hear that? That's heavy to hear, but that's the truth. If I don't give myself boundaries and I don't say no to myself, then I don't, would you give your, your 10-year-old kid, you're going to get him drunk? You're going to sit your 10-year-old kid in front of a screen for six hours? You're going to go ahead and, and do all the things. Think about all the things that you do to yourself. Are you going to do that to your kid? Of course you're not going to do that to your kid. Why? That's my kid. I want to help my kid develop I want my son to develop to be a healthy guy. What about me? What about me? That's the question. That's the question we all need to ask ourselves. And if I'm a negative person, it's okay that you're negative. It's okay that you're negative. If you're a grumpy guy, it's okay that you're grumpy. If you have a lot of trauma from childhood, it's okay. That's why we're here. We're here to fix, to heal, to help ourselves. What else are you here to do? What else is life about? That's why we're here. We're here. If you need a therapist, you go to a therapist. You need a, a Rebbe to help. You, need, you get a Rebbe to help. You need a mentor. You need someone who's, why not? It's all right in front of us. We are the captain of our ship. We are the ones who can determine how we want to live our life and live our life. Okay, question, comments, please. I'm sure there are many question, comments. I love to hear questions and comments. Please, please. Ah, oh, please, Simcha. Great, great question. Simcha Septon, great question. That's a great question. That's a great question. So, so, so the question is, are it, the first thing is you got you to gotta get in touch with what you want. The first step is what do I want? What's holding me back? If everybody is Simcha, the first question I would ask myself 
is what is holding me back from being great? Ask yourself that question. And don't think too much about it. Don't think too much about it. What is holding me back? What happens is we say, oh, maybe not this. Maybe it's this. What, if I ask you on the dime, what is holding you back? Your gut reaction. What is holding me back from greatness? Bam. What's the answer to that question? First answer that question. <coughs> what do I want? Do I want to be rich? Do I want to be a Talmud Chacham? Do I want to be a rich Talmud Chacham? Do I want to do, I want to do what? Do I want to get, get ready for marriage? Do I want to be stronger? Do I want to what? What is it that I want? I want to get to know myself better. First you have to ask yourself the question, what do I want? Then you write down, obviously it doesn't matter what you write down, but you start with that. What is it that I want? Then you take the steps to figure out how to get it. The problem is, and this is what we're going to learn in, in Ms. Sister Sharon, right? The main thing, right? This is why it's one of my favorite lines. The main thing, Simcha, this is for you, this really will answer your question. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That is what life is about. The main thing is keep the main thing the main thing. The problem we have is, well, what's my main thing? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we all do know. But we're not in touch with it because I might know it right now, but then this guy says this, and this guy says this, and I gotta laugh at his joke, I gotta laugh at his joke, I gotta, I gotta look at this thing on my phone, and then my mother needs this from me, and my, I gotta go to this, I gotta do this, I should, I should, I should, I gotta do this. What do you mean? But I'm not living what I wanna live. If you're not living the way you wanna live, and this is, I can't, I can say this already now, we're getting closer to Pesach. For you guys, for everyone sitting here, because first year guys, hey, okay, let them, let them chill a little bit. And it gets to a point where, okay, you're 18, you're 19, you're turning 20. If you're here, third year, fourth year, second year, getting closer to third year, it starts to ask, you start asking yourself a question. At what point in my life am I gonna have to look in the mirror and say, I gotta get what I wanna get, that's it. It's time, the time is here, the time is now. Time is now. Time is now. And there's no greater time. There is no greater time. Because the longer you push off what you want, the harder it is to get what you want. The longer you push it off. If you guys were 15 years old, 16 years old in high school, I'd say, Simcha, don't worry about it. Go party, go have a good time. You got another couple of years. You got a couple of years. But at this stage of life, you want to ask yourself, what, what's, the, what's the story? What's my, what, what, what do I want my life to be? It's cumulative. What? It's cumulative. So that one? Right, correct. However early you start, it's right, it's cumulative, which means it keeps on adding on, on, on whatever it is. You're only going to get further. And I just want to tell you guys something. In the business world, in the business world in my day, it used to be when you're 30, 35, that's when you, bec- uh, you can become a successful businessman. Now it's much younger than that. People are successful people in their early 20s. So what's a person gonna say? What are you go- what's a person gonna wait for? He's gonna wait for everybody else to be successful? Everybody else is gonna be successful. Because you could be that guy. There are two ways to be left alone. You could be left alone watching all of your friends be successful and then you'll be left alone. Or you could be left alone watching all of your friends still party and you're, you're, you're throwing the party. You know what I'm trying to say? You're sponsoring everybody at the party. You are the party. You know what I'm trying to say? Meaning, you are, you are what everyone wants to be. You are what everyone wants to be. People want to be happy. Who doesn't want to be happy? Who doesn't want to be confident? Who doesn't want to be free of anxiety? The whole world. It's not just you guys. Everybody has that. Who's looking for another beer and another this? Shkoyach. Great. Wow, amazing. Another party. Another this. Yes, Rabbi Castell. How do we mark our small successes so that we can realize the impact that they have, not wait with a huge success, which is lots of little success on the road. Right. Love it. Rabbi Castell, I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, I almost just want to say, why don't you tell us, Rabbi Castell? Come on. I want to hear Rebbe's I'll be honest with you. I think that I think that it's all 
I think that it really comes to, from perspective. Like you're saying, Rabbi Castell, your assumption of your question is that, is that how do we mark the small successes as opposed to the way I'm going to frame it just to answer your question a little bit, is that what is success? What is success? Success is not, and I'll use Rabbi Castell sitting next to your son here, and it's, it's a Tuesday morning, and he's a chassid, and you came in, and you're here together, right? All your, your family's here, Baruch Hashem, and you're sitting. Wow, what a great, momentous, successful... That's, that's not, that's not, this is not where the success. On our sweatshirt, right? Um, on the sweatshirt, I don't know if Yehuda, you're wearing it, where it says, work in silence and let success uh, work hard in silence. What is it? Work hard in silence and let success be the noise. Right? Let the success be the noise. Success, success, like Rabbi Castell is saying, success is not, is not the big, big things that we do. That's not successful. Buddha Castell becoming a husband is not successful. The success came and comes from day in, day out, day in, day out, from the grind, from private victories, from a person learning to, to uh, do what he has to do even though things are difficult. When a person is waiting for other people to celebrate him, when a person is waiting for other things to celebrate what he's doing, then, then you wait once in a while. Like I always say with a person's relationship with his wife, a great relationship with your wife is not taking her to Hawaii for a week. It's a great, great way to, to spend a week uh, on a honeymoon. It's great to take away your kids, right? A great father is not someone who takes away his family um, out to dinner, um, you know, and, and wines and dines his wife and his family. That's not a great father. A great father is someone who every day, who consistently says good morning, gives a hug to his children, says thank you, honey, for the supper. The little things in life, the little things in life are what create a person's success. So I, I hope I'm answering your question by Castell. The, 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 what I'm trying to get at, and I think we all know this, is that it's the little things in life that are big. They say, I heard once, um, what you're saying from Ronnie Greenwald, Rabbi Greenwald, and he said that, why is a gadol called a gadol? Usually gadolim are small. Right? Why do they call a gadol? Why is he called a gadol? So he said a beautiful thing in what you're saying. He says, the reason a gadol is called a gadol is because every little thing is big. There's nothing called, there's nothing that's small. And when a person realizes that every little thing I do is big, every little thing I do is big, Every day that I push myself more, every time I have a positive thought, every time I don't give in to my Yitzhahara, every time that I learn one line of Chumash, one line of Gemara, one word, one smile, one little thing, that's what life is. We are in life. That's why life is called Arichas Yamin. We call life Arichas Yamin. Which means long days. Why we call it long days? It's long years. Okay, they also say, It's about having a great day. This is our life. We're living our life right now. Everyone's waiting always for their life to begin. Your life is right now. I want to be more positive. I want, right? Someone says to himself, I want to be, ready? I want to be more happy in my life. Great, ready? So try and be happy right now. What does that mean? That you are in your life. I want to be, I want my life to be a more positive life. Okay, great. So stop right now and try and have a positive thought. You have a more positive life. I want to have a life filled with whatever it is, filled with love. Okay, so right now, who could I, who could I love more? How could I feel love? Who could I think of the people who love me? Whatever it might be. We're always waiting for something big. We're always waiting for something dramatic. We're always waiting for something, you know, to, to say, oh, when I make the million dollars, and it never happens. When I get married, then. And then when I have my children, then. And then when I make my first million, then. When I make my second million, then. Now. Now. Now do it. Anyone who's involved in, uh, 
right? Uh, in, in, in success, financial success, knows that to attract financial success is for a person to realize that now you have all the money that you need. That's, if you look in business books, you look at uh, what's Napoleon Hill, right? Think, think and Grow Rich, one of the oldest classic books and how to be financially, uh, you know, uh, successful financially. His biggest thing is right now to have gratitude that you're rich. That, that's what life is about. Thank you very much, Estelle. Please, others, and, uh, and then we'll do a halacha. Yes, Menachem. Come on, Menachem. Shlema, Shlomo. Yona, come on, Yona. No, no questions? Qua- comments? Oh, yes, Shia. Correct. And, and, and what you're saying, Shai, is so true, because you said, The way to do things now, the way to start now, is to realize that ultimately, and this is hard to hear, but it's so pow- empowering to hear. No one's going to save your life. No one's going to save your life. You have to save your own life. No one's going to save you. No one's going to make you rich. No one's going to make you happy. No one's going to make you successful. No one's going to make you into a tamachacham. No one's going to make you a tzaddik. No one's going to make you anything. The only person who can make you anything that, 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 that you want to be is yourself. It may not need love. Beautiful, Shaya. Shaya, thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, let's learn a halacha. We'll learn a halacha together. Um, speaking... Um, Rechilas, we're talking about speaking Rechilas um, and we will talk about page, day 78 page 197 who is it forbidden to speak Rechilas about? About a child you're not allowed to talk Rechilas about a child the Chavetz Chaim notes that many people stumble in this area, you see a 10 year old Moshe fighting with his friend, Yankee. You then tell Yankee's mother, you'll never believe what happened at the park today. I saw Moshi beating up your son. You're not allowed to say that. Unbelievable. You may claim that you were doing a mitzvah by defending the child. However, the Chavetz Chaim has a different opinion. He writes, such a remark can lead to the most devastating atrocities. If one would try to figure out how many Yisurim he's transgressing, it would be too great to, to count. What can occur as a result, says the Chavetz Chaim? The mother, upon hearing your comment, will confront Moshe and yell or hit him. Then Moshe's father will get involved. Consequently, a full-scale family feud will erupt. Therefore, you're not allowed to tell a parent what a child did to their child unless all conditions of toelis are met. Unbelievable. Now, I do want to say something on this. It's important. Obviously, if you have your son playing with another, with a, with a neighbor or with another child, and they do get into a fight, there's nothing wrong with trying to, you know, make things, uh, make amends and tell the parent and talk to the parent to make everything work out. But to just go ahead and just to mention um, that this happened, um, that's something that is very, that could cause a lot of harm. Okay, question, comments on that halacha, and then we'll start a little bit, get back a little bit into Mesil Sisharim for a few minutes, and then we'll wrap up for today. Question, comments on that halacha? Well, we're good. Okay. Um, you know what, let's begin, I think we're going to begin with, um, with the, um, I think it works well, it's very appropriate, we'll begin with the with the beginning of the Mesil Sisharim. Uh, the Hakdama, I'll give a, just to actually, before I start with the, with the um, Parak Aleph, I just want to give a Hakdama, the introduction, just to really 
say more or less what the introduction says. And the introduction more or less just tells us that if a person wants, the Ramchal says there are about five main categories in a person becoming a complete Jew. There are five main categories. Uh, one is Yira, to, to have fear of Hashem. One is to go in Hashem's ways. The third one is to love Hashem. The fourth one is to serve Hashem with all your heart. And the fifth is to do His mitzvahs. And the Ramchal says like this. Ramchal says that Nilmad, the point of us learning all of this, is in order that we learn which is basically like this. The world, um, and I've spoken about this before, the, the word world in Hebrew means to be hidden. Olam is milashen ne'elam, which means that, that we're hidden. The world is hides God and hides our purpose. One of the greatest purposes in the world, one of the greatest purpose, purposes that a person can have in the world is to find out your purpose. One of the greatest purposes that we are put in this world to do is for a person to search for the truth and to search for Hashem and to search for why I'm here on this planet. Why am I here on this planet? Now, it's very difficult sometimes for a person, like we were saying before with Simcha, it's very difficult sometimes for a person to realize why am I on this planet as a neshama? We're only here for 70, 80, hopefully 90 years. 90, 100 years, that would be incredible if a person gets to live that long. And a person is put on this world, we have no idea what the big, big purpose of your neshama is. But one of the greatest purposes of us being in the world is not to go ahead and to be, the word that I use, is to be a bobblehead. To be a person who is just going with the flow and not asking himself, why am I here in this world? Why am I here this week? What are my goals for the week? What is my goal for the month? Why am I here? What am I doing here in yeshiva? Why am I here today? Why am I sitting in Mesil's Yisharim? When a person has intent and he has kavana, and a person goes ahead and he says, this is what I want to get out of X, Y, and Z, he enjoys it so much more. And then you also get to get to your destiny. You get to where you're going to, as we said. The Ramchal says, this is what he says. He says, Each and every one of us has a responsibility. Each and every one of us. Why does it say, and I'll end off with this. I'd like, if someone has a question or comment, I always enjoy that. It uh, brings out so much more of what we're talking about. I just want to say, why are the malachim, why are angels, it says the angels are happy. The angels are, are, uh, have no challenge. They have peace and they have happiness, the angels. Why? One of the reasons are is because they are on a mission. When someone's on a mission, when you're a man on a mission, and this is what I was talking about before with Simcha, when you're on a mission, then you are happy. When you're on a mission, then there's peace. You know why? Because I stay in my lane. I do what I got to do. And it doesn't matter what's going on, on to the left of me. It doesn't matter what's going on, on to, the, to, to the right of me. Why does it matter? I'm on my mission. I got to accomplish this. The problem happens when I don't know what I have to accomplish. I don't know where I'm going. I don't spend the time thinking about where I'm going. I'm totally, you know, lost. So then I'm looking from other people. I'm looking from the wind to get me on track. But when I have a focus... That's why the Malach and the angels, angels are known, they have a mission. If you're missing mission, and I said this yesterday, and I'm going to say this again, because I said this yesterday, and I, I think it's so, so important. You know, we look at being happy as a luxury. We look at knowing your mission as a luxury. 
We look at living life and, and being successful and being someone who's a, who knows Torah, who's a Talmud Chacham, who's a Tzaddik, as a luxury. It's not a luxury. It's not a luxury to get up in the morning and to say, okay, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, get this day and I have one day today, you know, to accomplish whatever I need to accomplish and I'm going to make the best out of it. That's not a luxury. That's a necessity of life when that separates someone who's alive and someone who's not alive. That separates someone who's living life to someone who's not living life. And, 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 I, and I want to say something to everybody here. It's very possible that people could just... We don't know what's going to be in the future. I don't know how it's going to be. The apathy and the non-caring and a person just being like, okay, whatever, okay, whatever. As opposed to, how, how can I change my life to have an exciting life? How can I get what I want? How can I live the life that I want to live? Those are the questions you want to ask yourself. Those are the questions you want to challenge yourself with. Not how can I just be okay. I don't want to be okay. I want to be great. I don't want to just be, I don't want to just be, you know, semi, I don't want to just, okay, have a, have a marriage and then roll my eyes when someone talks about marriage. You roll your eyes and you say, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, marriage, whatever. Uh, paying the bills, whatever. Uh, this is okay. This is okay. What about the fact that we have, I, I, I read this recently. It's a crazy thing. I read this recently. I think they say, and I'm sure for Jews it's even more. I think they say, one, the chances of a person being born. I just read this recently. The chances of a person being alive are one, based on, on uh, um, you, know, uh, um, uh, you know, different world uh, things that have happened, that based on family dynamics. Whatever it might be, I don't know where this statistic comes from. But basically, for every person being born is one in 400 trillion chances. There's one in four, and then if you think about it as a Jew, it's probably even less. I mean, it's probably even more. Why? Because it's meaning it's probably one in, and even more because of all the pogroms, all the persecution. If you look back to, I know my own family, right? How many people come from families where your grandparents, your great-grandparents, the whole entire family, I know my family. My father's whole family uh, was, was wiped out in, in, in Europe. My father himself was born in, in Europe, was born in Romania, in Hungary, Romania, in the border, and the doctors, it was 1942, the doctors told my grandmother, I mean, I knew my grandmother, said, you have to abort him. It's during the war. Who has children in 1942? Nobody, nobody, no Jews, no sane Jew is having children in 1942. And they said, oh, we got to, so I'm saying the chances of a person being alive, the chances of us being alive, they say is one in whatever it is. Even those statistics of a regular a guy is one in, in 400, 400 trillion, 400 trillion, whatever, I don't know, whatever it is, a crazy amount. And a person is given that gift of life. You're given that gift of life. You're given that keshem she'in partsufayim domazulazu. Just like our our faces are not similar to the other, so too our life and our neshama and our purpose is not similar. Everyone has a very very clear purpose. Okay, let's wrap it up, please. Please, who wants to uh, wrap it up? The what? Oil, 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 Beautiful, beautiful, right? It's true, very true, very good point. Right, the, 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 the challenge that people have with that, the challenge that people have with what you're saying, and it's so true, is that the second that you look at it as a responsibility, the second that a person looks at it as a responsibility, they think that it is going to be harder. But in a certain way, it's easier. In a certain way, when a person says, this is something that I, that I have to do. 
there's something that I must do. In order for me to have a good marriage, in order for me to be a good person, in order for me to be able to change my life, I must begin to live this way. It starts becoming more critical. The more critical it is, the more powerful it'll become. So Hashem will help each and every one of us. Let's be Zoha, as, as we always say, to worry about your future is not going to do you anything because your future doesn't exist. And to regret your past, there's nothing you can do about your past. It's done. It's over. There's nothing you can do about yesterday. There's nothing you can do about a month ago. There's zero you can do. Just like there's nothing you can do about your future. But the only thing that you have that you could do is today. That's the only thing we have. The only thing we have in our hands is today. That's the only thing we have. And when a person looks at today and he says, you know what? Next thing I know, it's going to be 11 o'clock at night. It's 11 o'clock in the morning right now. Next thing I know, it's going to be 11 o'clock at night. How do I want to live? You know, Yehuda Castell is successful and did what he did and is doing what he's doing, not because he got lucky. It's when you, when you spend, we all have the same 24 hours. You ever, you ever think about that? Every person in the world has the same exact 24 hours. It's not like to, oh, this successful guy, he has extra hours. He doesn't have extra hours. Okay, this one maybe sleeps a little bit less. This one sleeps, and I've heard it from both. I've heard both sides. Successful people will say, you got to sleep less. Successful people say, you got to get eight hours. I've heard it all. The Rambam says you have to sleep more. They say the grass slept less. Okay, whatever it is, however you slice it, bottom line is we all have the same exact amount of hours in our day. So what separates this one from that one is what you're doing during those hours and how you're living those hours. How am I living every hour of my life? And that's significant. That is powerful. So Hashem will help each and every one of us Mazel Tov Yehuda, Mazel Tov Rabbi Castell, the Castell family, Mazel Tov all of you guys, really. Amazing, and to the whole yeshiva, and Hashem will help all of us. We should be Zoha to live today to the best of our ability, because that's all we have. As Simcha Rabbah has said, a great lie, don't have a great day, create a great day. Hashem will help all of us have an amazing day. Take care. Yeah.